Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Asset Allocation Report for February 5th, 2024. I'm Phil Adler. It came as a bit of a surprise to me that oil production in the United States has reached a record high. Confluence Chief Market Strategist Patrick Farron Hernandez joins us today to discuss the reasons for this surge in production and the impact on prices and investments. Patrick, Give us the data first. How does U.S. oil production today compare to the past? Well, hello, Phil. Uh, Thanks for having me on the program. And to answer your question, it's pretty simple. U.S. field production of crude oil has basically doubled over the last decade or so and is now at a record high of about 13.3 million barrels per day. To visualize that, the oil we produce each day would cover a football field to the height of about 1,700 feet. Now, the U.S. is currently, therefore, the, the world's biggest oil producer, accounting for about one out of every eight barrels produced around the globe each day. Patrick, this increase in production seems surprising when you consider the ongoing worldwide slowdown in economies, particularly overseas in Europe, and, and interest rates that remain higher than in recent years. Is this gain in production a result of increased exploration and development in the United States, or is there some other reason? Well, it looks like a lot of the increase has come from new, more efficient management techniques and improved operations. If you look at the standard count of active oil drilling rigs, the number is down about 20% from a year ago, so it doesn't look like there's been a huge jump in new investment. We've recently seen reports that fracking companies in the shale patch have unexpectedly continued to find new ways to boost output from their existing wells, for example, by extending the perpendicular branch of their wells much farther than anyone thought possible. Well, we know that research and development is expensive. Might we expect that a drop in interest rates, which a lot of us see coming, might spur more ENP by the big oil companies, leading to even more domestic production? Lower interest rates would probably help boost investment, but it's important to remember that investors continue to demand capital discipline. In contrast with the first years of the shale boom, investors now want companies to focus on profitability, so there's a much higher hurdle rate for new projects. Besides, firms also need to consider how government regulation is discouraging the use of fossil fuels. And finally, today's muted oil prices don't exactly encourage new exploration and investment. Looking forward, that means output growth may actually slow or stall from here. Looking at worldwide oil prices, they have been basically stable recently, despite OPEC promises to limit supply. Is the increased U.S. production the major reason? Well, that seems to be it. The boom in U.S. oil output means we can provide most of our own needs domestically, limiting the amount we import from abroad and freeing up foreign supplies. Now, that puts downward pressure on prices, just as slowing economic growth does. Saudi Arabia and its partners are trying to offset that by holding back supplies, but they haven't been too successful in boosting prices. It's basically been a stalemate between increased U.S. production and reduced OPEC output. That goes far toward explaining why global oil prices have been pretty steady recently. What about production in other parts of the world like Libya, Iran, Venezuela? Could technological improvements in the oil fields in those countries lead to similar production increases? 
Well, the problem in many of these countries is that the oil industry is state-owned and run very inefficiently. Nevertheless, over time, oil industry technology does evolve and improve, so you could see increased output from those countries, or at least slower declines in output. But keep in mind that the game-changer for the U.S. has been the shale patch, where new technologies like hydraulic fracturing and horizontal drilling opened up vast supplies. Those technologies are so new that companies are still making big improvements to them and to the way they're managed. The result is that the U.S. is able to grow its output extraordinarily fast. Do you think the present environment of stable or even lower oil prices is likely to linger for a while? Yes, we wouldn't be surprised if oil prices remained under wraps for the time being, not only because of the supply situation we just described, but also because of slowing economic growth and weaker demand in many key countries. If economic growth slowed precipitously from here, prices could move lower. Just as important in today's world of worsening geopolitical tensions, a security crisis in the Middle East that disrupted that region's globally important supplies could potentially boost prices higher. That's a key reason why we're watching closely for any sign that the Israel-Hamas conflict might spread to the rest of the region. Patrick, are oil companies a good investment right now, or are stable prices and a worldwide surplus a reason for caution? Energy stocks, and oil stocks in particular, have had a rough six months or so as their values have declined along with oil prices. Looking forward, the supply and demand dynamics we discussed earlier are likely to hold back prices for commodities, and that's one reason why in our asset allocation portfolios, we removed our exposure to a fund tracking a broad commodity index. We still think that such commodities will be supported if geopolitical tensions spike, but for now, we're probably in a weak spot for them. Does oil occupy a a significant position within those allocations to commodities in the confluence investment management asset allocation models? Uh, It can, but doesn't have to. For example, the broad commodity fund that we just exited is pretty well dominated by energy commodities. There are also funds available that are 100% energy. But we've decided that the best place to be among commodities right now is in precious metals. So for this quarter, we've retained our longstanding gold exposure and also added silver in the more aggressive portfolios. All of our commodity exposure right now is in gold and silver. The U.S. consumer certainly pays some attention to oil prices, but probably more attention to gasoline prices. Do you see gasoline prices declining in the United States as the year progresses? Well, gasoline prices have already fallen quite a bit in conjunction with the drop in oil prices. However, if oil prices remain relatively stable now, as seems likely, gas prices could be stuck at around current levels for a while. And besides, since it's an election year, you can be sure the administration will work hard to either keep prices where they are or even lower them as we get closer to November. Patrick, it strikes me that investors often underestimate human ingenuity as the world faces what seems like major problems, food production in the past, energy production in the present, climate change challenges in the future. Are you an optimist? 
Uh, yes, uh, and I think the most recent surge in U.S. oil output is a great example of what human ingenuity can accomplish, so long as the economic incentives are constructive. Indeed, as we've often noted, commodity prices actually tend to fall over long periods, at least as discounted by the consumer price index. That's because people in capitalist economies are so good at learning how to economize on commodity inputs and find new resources or better ways to exploit them. As investors, it's exciting to be able to participate in the resulting growth. Thank you, Patrick. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. Opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our audio engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.